Well, we are in this series of messages uh, just started last week that I want to just share with you things that have really sustained me uh, in these days and really over the course of my walk with the Lord. A uh, little message series called Good Counsel. And, uh, and today I want to talk to you about good counsel from Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. And I'm sure that uh, you are probably very familiar with this passage if you've been around uh, Scripture very much. But if not, uh, uh, let me just read it to you and just talk to you about this. It, it is uh, verse 5, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. It is one of those things that uh, in the midst of the stuff of my life, and, and I want to encourage you that in the stuff of your life, uh, this is good counsel. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It is this amazing process of we have to answer this question. All of us have to answer this question. In whom will we trust? That is a basic question of life. And the answer comes really, are we going to trust in God or are we going to trust in ourselves? Or are we trusting in somebody else altogether? That is the big question. It is one of those life-driving questions. Are you going to trust in God? Are you going to acknowledge him in all that you do? Are you going to lean on him? Are you in all that process? And, and we live in that existence. We live in those questions all the time. And, and the challenge of all of that is it's easier said than done, right? Yes? It's an easier thing to say, oh, yeah, I trust God, right? I trust God. And, and, and really, you, you, you don't know if you really trust God until you get into a place where you have to trust God, right? We are forced into those kind of situations. And then we find out some realities about if we trust God or not. I had a kind of fun thing. A few of you know that I have been uh, remodeling my house and, you know, kind of updating some of my outlets and all the rest of that. Um, this is a very simple little outlet. You know, it's a little three prong uh, outlet. It's got a ground on it and a, and a hot wire and a and neutral wire. And uh, it's a pretty basic kind of thing. And uh, there are some uh, brass wire ends on this side and some silver on this side. Hot goes on the brass. It, this is you're getting more than you ever wanted to know. Hot on the brass side, neutral on the on the silver side. Wire them up and they'll be good to go. And there's a little ground wire on the bottom there, which is uh, important so that you don't uh, overload your circuits and blow up your uh, appliances and things like that. Uh, I live in a very old house. And you know what that means? No ground wires. I live in such an old house that they wired things sometimes with with neutrals, double neutrals, which is a really if you know anything about that is a really you can do it. But it's really a, a weird kind of thing. And so I live with this thing. Every time I plug something into the wall, I say, is it going to work or not? Can I trust this? <laughs> can I? That's the whole point of this. Can I can I trust this? And, uh, and 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 then when I'm doing the rewiring of all of this, then we're really asking the question, can I trust this? 
Is this really going to work? Can I not? Well, first of all, can I not electrocute myself in the process of doing this? And I, I, I've done pretty good. I've only had one minor disaster. And uh, I, I went to cut a wire that was hot. Uh, that'll put a kink in your equipment. I have big chunk blown out of my pliers. And fortunately, it was well wrapped. And so it didn't, it didn't bother me other than I got this big flash and and now I have a pair of pliers and wire cutters that don't really work all that well because <laughs> I have a big hole in them. But, you know, we, 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 we face life like this all the time. But you know what I found is really, really helpful? Is this little goodie right here. Do you know what this is? A few of you know what this is. This is a tester. And, and, and when you plug this in, I, I take this around. I wire up my stuff and I take my little tester and I... Well, it's uh, one of those tamper-proof ones, so it doesn't go in very easy. I stick this in my thing. It's my screen. They're right there. That's one of my house. That's one of my house plugs right there that I did. And uh, you stick that in there, and uh, and it'll light up, and it'll tell you if it's good or not. It'll tell you if your neutral is good or if your hot's good. If you got them crossed up, it'll tell you if your ground wire is grounded correctly. All that kind of stuff. If you go through my house, all my new work that is, uh, and you stick these in there, you will find that. Every outlet, with the exception of one, uh, works like this. <laughs> and, and that's just the way it is. They, they, they're, they're good. They're hot. They're rewired. And, and I have confidence that the wiring is done right. I can trust the wiring and I can trust to plug in my appliances to all that stuff. Now, I tell you all this long story because the nature of our walk with God is not nearly so simple. But in Proverbs chapter three, the author of Proverbs, he's spending this whole, you know, the Proverbs is all this stuff. He's always talking about wisdom. He's saying, here is something you need to know. If you will live this way, you will have a wise life. And even chapter three talks about wisdom. It talks about son, don't forget my teachings. You know, let love and faithfulness always be bound around you. And then we get into verse five and trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. But, and then the, the chapter goes on and begins to talk about wisdom and all that kind of stuff. But, but mixed around all of those passages and topics of wisdom are, are several, what I think are testers of trust. Testers of trust. And, and you can ask yourself, do I trust in the Lord? And this is these things I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Are the ways that you test, do I really trust in the Lord? Do I really trust in the Lord? Because if you don't, we're in deep trouble. We're in trouble at the very core of our stuff. Let me read the chapter to you, just for fun. Chapter 3 says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years And bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your hearts. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your souls. Honor the Lord with your wealth and first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. 
My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies, more nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. To those who lay hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. Do you understand this? Wisdom, power, understanding. These are things that, that God is, the, the, some, the person writing the Proverbs are telling us, this is who God is. He, this is the kind of wisdom he has. This is the kind of knowledge he has. This is the kind of understanding he has. And we need to trust in that kind of thing. It says, by his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds were let down to dew. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life to you, an ornament of grace to your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. And when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from snared, from being snared. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later and I'll give, give it tomorrow when you have it now with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. For the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord is in the house of the, of, excuse me, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. Be wise, excuse me, the wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. The, the, the author here is, is talking about this idea, a general idea of wisdom through the whole book. But he's talking in this particular passage about this idea, I think, of trust. And, and, and he gives us the examples of trust in action. And the test of our trust is, is several. And the first one is this. It is the test. It is the test of our uh, humility. The test of our humility. The psalmist said, or the, the writer here says in verse 8 and 9, he says, he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And the, and the question is, it, how is my humility? It, because the, the, he's saying here, what happens is, is that, that if, we are, if we are proud in ourselves, if we hold ourselves up, what we end up with is we end up living in evil. We end up at the wrong end of that scale. And the question is, say, am I living in humility with those around me? Am I living in humility in the way I function, in the way I talk, in the way things that I'm searching after? Am I living in humility? It is the test of humility. Does that work? Are you all humble? So you don't raise your hand because if you raise your hand, you're not humble. That's how that works. Okay. You, you, you know, if you raise your hand, you got to go back to the board on that and talk to the Lord again. 
It, it is one of those kinds of things. You, you, you have to live in this sense to say, and you know what humility is? Remember we talked last week a bit about humility, about not considering our position, about giving away our position, about giving away authority, about giving away power, about giving all that stuff away. We, we get into those are definitions of humility. How do you live in humility? It, it's that sense of saying, I'm not first. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about things above. It's about things eternal. And we live in that presence. And we begin to understand our trust. And the reason why that's a trust of, of our the test of our trust is because, because our natural inclining is to say, well, I've, I need to fight for my stuff. I need to put myself out there. I need to, and we need to get all that stuff. But it's a trust of our test to say, I need to trust in God. For all that, I need to trust in God for this situation. I need to not exalt myself, but to exalt God. We lift Him up. And we're in a far better place. The second test is the test of stewardship. The test of stewardship is a test of our trust. It, it, it just very simply says, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. And there is a promise that goes with it. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. But, but it is that command to say. And you know why that's such a test? Because it, it, it is a very visible kind of thing. We receive our offerings. We do those kinds of things. And, and, and you will know much about how you trust in God by how you use your resources. I'm sorry. Is that You get that? Okay. The three or four of you that are... Tithing, you know that. This is not a sermon on stewardship, but I'm just telling you that how we use our resources is a test of our trust in God. When we say, I can trust you, God, to take care of me. I can trust you because you've already provided me everything that I have. These are first fruits kinds of stuff. I can trust you. With all of my resources, I can trust you with my life. I can trust you with my food. I can trust you with my house. I can trust you with my future. I can trust you with my retirement. I can trust you with everything that I have. It is an indicator or, or we get into the other mode. We get into the mode to say, well, I, I better take care of this. I better work this out. I better hoard it. I better keep it. I better do all those kinds of stuff. And that's where we get to. And we say things like. Well, God, I, I would I would give more if I had more. Have you ever been there? Have you, don't raise your hand. This is not one of those places. I'm going to raise my hand, but don't you raise your hand. You can just do this in your heart. But we say that. Those are things you hear. Well, if I just had more, I'd give more. No, you won't. Because it's about trust. It's about trust. And when you have more, you go, oh, my goodness, how can I give that much? Then we begin to say, well, what would they do with it if I gave that much? Or how would they function with that way? And, and we get into these weird conversations with each other. Or, or how am I going to retire if I give that much? Or this or that. I mean, we come up with all kinds of explanations of, of <clears throat> why, we, why we can't do this very thing. Honor the Lord with your wealth. The first fruits of your harvest. That's, does that make sense? It is the test of our trust. It is one of those tests of trust. And it's one that we sometimes struggle with. But I'm just saying to you, 
It's it's a reality. It's a reality of testing our trust. A very practical one. The third the third indicator of our of our trust test is this. It's the test of correction. The test of correction. Does anybody like to be corrected? You're a liar if you say you do. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants somebody to come and say, you know, that wasn't quite the right thing to be doing. And how we respond to that, how we respond to the correction that God gives in his word says much about about our trust in God. Does that make sense? So when I say to you, one of the tests of trust is stewardship. And you go, oh, that pastor, what's he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, you just flunked the second one, too. So I don't know. You know, it, it, it is a response. How do we respond to what God is doing in our lives? Nobody likes to be disciplined, but it is the very natural thing because the, the, the author says here, and we hear that have that in several other places, that it is the one that the Lord loves. He disciplines. If you, he does not discipline you, if you don't discipline your children... You don't care. You don't care about them. You all do whatever and all, you know, but there is there is a sense of which we give guidance and discipline to our children in helping to help them learn what it is to grow, mature, do life, live in connection with other people. God does the same thing with us spiritually. Sometimes we say, we'd say, well, well, you know, I am who I am and what I am, I am and da, 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 and I love God and God loves me and it doesn't matter. Da, da. Well, no, that's not really true. I mean, it is true. God loves you. And it is all about faith. But, but God has come into our lives for a reason. God comes to our lives to make us more like him. And I don't know about you, but that's an ever going ongoing process, Right. And so it's that it's that process of every step I take and listening to the voice of God and hearing correction and allowing God's word to speak to us and allowing it to be authoritative in our lives and to hear his voice in the midst of it. Say, God, how would you have me respond? How would you have me live? And we have a choice about that. And it is a Trust choice. When we say, God, okay, I don't get it, but okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever he speaks to you about, whatever you hear his word telling you about. I'll, I'll put it into practice, even though I don't fully get it. He does that. After that uh, discipline passage, he goes into this long explanation of, of wisdom and the value of wisdom and all those things. And then he gets back to this idea again, I think, about the reality of what trust is, how trust is revealed. And I think it is the fourth one is the test of relationships. The test of relationships. It, it is how you interact with one another. And it's kind of related to some of the early ones, but it is mostly just how do I function in the world around me? And it has much to do with how we trust God. 
Do we trust God to live out and through us? Do we trust God to bring about justice in our lives? Do we trust God to take care of us and to take care of those around me? And do we trust God enough to allow us to be used in relationships with other people? If you have your Bibles open, turn to verse 27. And he goes through this whole series. Verse 27 says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later and I'll give it to you tomorrow. When you have it now, when you now have it with you. Have a little dyslexic thing there. This is one of those things. This is a relational kind of thing and it has to do with trust. Can I trust God? Can I trust God to to share with my neighbor? Can I trust God to be generous with this person? Am I putting this person off? And why am I putting this person off? Is it for power? Is it for influence? Is it because I'm really not going to give it to it tomorrow because I'm a stingy guy and I'm not going to give it away anyway? Do we trust God in our relationships? Do not plot against your neighbor who lives trust, trustfully beside you. How do we function with one another? Are, are we living people? Are we people of integrity with those around us? Whether they're our literal neighbor or a co-worker that sits next to us at the desk or somewhere we work and whatever we do. Are, are we living in integrity with that person? Because it is about trust. They trust us and we trust them. Big deal for the Old Testament writers and for today as well. Do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. It is more of that plotting. It's more of that integrity with one another. And it has to do with trust. Do not envy that. Why would someone envy a violent man? Why would someone envy a violent man? Anybody know? The psalmist tells us. He has this whole passage of scripture. He said, I was almost lost when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And I envied their ways. That's where we get there. And, and it's a trust thing. You see, this is where it's a trust thing. Because we say, well, if... if if they're being blessed, if they're getting away with it, if they're cheating, if they're lying, if they're stealing and they're getting away with it and nobody's noticing it and they're all prosperous. Well, why not me? Why not me? Why? Because you trust God. Not the prosperity of the wicked. You trust God. And you say, God, I'm not going to compromise my integrity with you to have the riches of the wicked. It's a trust thing. Because it's out there all the time, right? What do your kids say? What do your grandkids, this group, what do your grandkids say? Well, he did it, right? Right? She did it. Okay, there you go. That's right. <laughs> that, that's what we, we say that. We hear that. 
And we think, well, that's what our kids do. And what do we say to that? Well, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't do it either. And it gets subtle because when we get to be adults, sometimes we do it and it's just covered up. It's more subtle. But it's okay. I'll give you one of my favorite. How fast do you drive on the freeway? I drive the speed of everybody around me, right? Otherwise, you get run over. It's California, right? I went to I went to Washington, you know, on my sabbatical. We would spend some days up there. They drive so slow up there. I don't know. You know that they are proposing a law up there that requires them to drive the speed limit in the in the left hand lane. Because they have so many people that get in the left-hand lane and drive five miles an hour under the speed limit. I had to ask, why would you do that? That'll never happen in California. <laughs> Here, you get run over. I mean, if, I'm not, if you're not driving 5, 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, man, people are just blowing their horns at you and flying by, right? That's a silly thing. It's a silly thing. But, but it's the same kind of thing. You say, well, everybody else is doing it, so... What difference does it make if I do it? It's a trust thing. My father says to me, don't speed. Be careful. I'm like, I'm the one kid who doesn't speed or doesn't speed much, much. But we but we do those things and we don't even know it. We get we get kind of suckered into looking at and we don't we don't say that. But but somehow in the back of it, we have uh, this somehow this little envy thing going on with with the prosperity of those around us. And we compromise our integrity to accomplish something that we want. But it's still a test of trust and it's about relationship. There is an old song that we used to sing that we haven't sung for a while. And it's called Trust and Obey. Do you remember the song? I'm sure you all do. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. See, here's the deal. There, there is, I mean, it's an old song. We don't sing it much anymore. But, but there is great wisdom in that. Because it says, trust and obey. For there is no other way to what? Be happy. See, this walk with God is, I, I tell people, I say, do you remember the old Kung Fu movies? Uh, not the Kung Fu, the Karate Kid movies? The wax on, wax off movies? You, you, you guys, you remember those things. Wax on, wax off. And, and, and the, the little, what, what's the, what was the kid's name? How do you remember the kid's name? Daniel, thank you. Daniel comes up and he's like, why do I have to do all this stuff? And uh, uh, he's, you know, he's getting an attitude about wax on, wax on, whatever. And, and, uh, and, and his sensei comes and says to him, here's the deal. Either karate do or karate no do. 
But karate halfway is, you get smashed. And, and, I, and, I, and I heard that, and I, even years ago, I, I thought to myself, there, there is great truth in that about a lot of stuff. And certainly about our faith. And sometimes we say, well, I, I want to walk with God. I want to have this relationship with God. I want to do all this stuff. But we're, we're not trusting and we're not obeying. Or, or we trust, okay, God, but I'm, I don't want to do it. But I'm to, we, we verbalize the trust, but, but not the obey. And, and we, we get into trouble. And, and there's, there's really no way to be happy in our Christian walk. There's no way to be happy in our faith. Truly be happy. I mean, not, not the happy like all the good things are happening to me. Because guess what? Junk happens. Stuff happens. But how, I'm sorry, how do, you, how do you find the peace? I mean, this is kind of where what gets me to this passage. How do you find peace and how do you find contentment? How do you find joy? How do you find life when all of the junk comes around you? It's trust and obey. You understand that, that that's how that comes because... If we say, okay, God, I'm yours and I'm going to walk with you and and then stuff happens. And we are not pre prepared to trust and to obey. We're, we're going to get smushed in the middle or we're going to have our outlet. You know what happens when you have a problem? You flame it out. Have you ever have a flamed out outlet? <coughs> You have all this black junk around your outlet. I've got a couple of those. <laughs> that, that's what happens in our spiritual journeys when we are not prepared to trust and obey. We get smushed in the middle. We get flamed out. We don't have joy. Trust and obey for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And I guess I would just say today as we close, is there some place where you need to trust him? Some situation, some, Rob, come on up, some situation, some whatever. Maybe it has to do with your humility. Maybe it has to do with your stewardship. Maybe it has to do with your relationships or God's disciplining you for some reason in your life right now. But maybe it's just the practical stuff. You've got a sick loved one. You've got a job that's going to give you some extra challenges. You've got a relationship that it's challenging to you. It is trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You got one of them? Today's the day just to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to obey Do what you need to do, God. Correct me. Direct me. Have your way. Use me. 
You, you know, you know what we. Well, I'm, I'm drifting. Have you ever prayed, God, use me up? I prayed that. Use me up. Why don't you give that thing to Him today? As I pray, if you want to pray, come, come pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. For the fact that uh, we can trust you. Lord, over these last uh, months, I've had reason to uh, wonder about that a little bit. I wonder what my future will look like uh, when Norma passes. I wonder what my ministry will look like. I wonder what my family will look like. And you keep reminding me of this passage of Scripture. That, Lord, it's, uh, it's about trust. And that I have to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not in my own understanding. In all my ways acknowledge you. And you will make my path straight. Lord, that truth has been good for me and it's good for us. And I pray, Lord, for my people. Lord, you know where they need to uh, reaffirm their trust. You know the situations that make them anxious. That lead them to question and to fear. But Lord... You know what they need. And so I pray, Lord, that you encourage their hearts today. Remind them that uh, trust is a place of uh, happiness. So, Lord, take us and have your way done in us. We pray in Jesus' name.